We're starting out hot with two strong matches. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver is starting to shape up to be a huge two nights of wrestling. Britt Baker calls out a hardcore legend. The pinnacle has arrived. And when Shawn Michaels tells you to have a ladder match, damn it, you have a ladder match. There's a lot more coming up. Welcome to the War Zone. Welcome to the War Zone. You've got me, your host, Brad, along with my furry little friend, Damien, holding it up for the AEW side of the night. I am, of course, your NXT man, Mr. WWE. Damien, how the hell are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing great. I had a, I have a lot more energy now than when the night started. Let's put it that way. There were two blockbuster shows on tonight, and man... It is getting really hard to start doing these shows uh, on the same night. It's 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 hard to watch both at the same time because there's so much good that comes out of it. Well, a little teaser for later on in the episode in our news. Uh, we might not have that problem much longer, thankfully. Thank God. Hopefully. Please, wrestling gods. Please, Luthez, make something happen. Oh, my God. It would be so appreciated if Luthez and a freaking VKM senior... <laughs> could make something happen because I am, oh, it is such a struggle on Wednesday nights, but I, I had a lot of Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Yeah, and so to start us off, why don't we start with Damien's AEW for tonight? It was a very, very loaded show, top to bottom. I don't think there was too much you could really miss with this show. No, I mean it was it was paced very well um, as like an honorable honorable mention to my likes. I thought that they really went through this show at a good pace. Nothing overstated its welcome or anything like that. But as we do here on the War Zone, we have our likes and dislikes, and we're going to start off positive tonight. My first like was that opening match Omega and Seidel. You forget how good Matt Seidel is when he just does his high flying stuff, but there was a lot of technical moves throughout that match that Matt Seidel really did with Kenny Omega that just really stood out to me as like, this man is underrated. Absolutely. Uh, going back to his time where I was first exposed to him as Evan Bourne in the WWE, mm-hmm. losing track of him for a little bit, then getting to see him back on the Indies again. Matt Seidel has a lot to offer, and uh, I hope that he can break that being underrated streak and actually pick up and really run with the ball. Tonight, he, he went pound for pound with Kenny Omega, which is not an easy task. Uh, you know, Kenny was on on point tonight, on fire, had everything going, and uh, Matt Seidel just kept right up with him. Yeah, Matt Seidel really did keep up with Kenny Omega, and it's like, I, I tweeted it out on our uh, Warzone Wrestling Podcast Twitter page, which you can follow at Warzone Pod, but... Matt Seidel is somebody that you forget is so good when he gets put when he puts when he's put in these kinds of spots. Excuse me as I stumble over my words. Um, and, and Kenny Omega didn't really carry him either. Matt Seidel just held his own. Like it was such a good match. 
And to be fair, Matt Seidel, I don't think, is a guy who needs to be carried. But if you do need to be carried, man, Kenny Omega is the guy to do it. Busting out more and more of the heel side. You're seeing the cleaner. You're seeing the cocky son of a bitch. And honestly, I think it fits Kenny Omega very, very well. Yeah, I prefer Kenny in this role um, as well because... To be honest, he's a fun babyface, but he's super quirky and corny as a babyface. And I, I I don't quite like that for him. I mean, every now and then it's kind of fun to see, but at the same time, I'm just like, okay, enough of this. Let's move on. Let's get something else going here. And you take him a lot more seriously in this heel role. Um, this was not Kenny's only involvement of the night. It kind of bleeds into my second like of the night, which was the trios match between the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid taking on the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. I really thought that these guys all put together a very good, like, 10-minute match. Brandon Cutler and Laredo Kid took this time to shine and really put themselves over outside of the already established talent. And it was nice to see the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers give them that opportunity. Absolutely. I believe that both Brandon Cutler and Laredo Kid had that time to shine, and it was something that they desperately needed. As somebody who doesn't follow the YouTube shows of AEW, I know they're on there a lot. I see them on the crawler constantly for Dynamite, but it's just not my thing. So uh, to get to see them in the spotlight, it's great. They both got in a great amount of offense. Laredo Kid, where have you been? Ben, my goodness, let's get this guy on Dynamite a lot more. Well, and, and we're getting him next week. They did tease, uh, they did uh, show a match graphic of Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on Laredo Kid and uh, the Lucha Brothers. And that's the thing is Laredo Kid uh, has been down in AAA. He hasn't actually been up here in the States very much um, outside of, I think two years ago was the last time he's wrestled in an AEW ring. But Brandon Cutler has been toiling away down in dark territory. And I wish that they would give him that opportunity because he's really talented and he can really offer something good, especially in like a fun tag team or fun trios, even with like the Varsity Blondes or something along those lines, or even teaming up with like Jurassic Express every once in a while and eight man tags or something like that. I feel like Brandon Cutler is a very versatile wrestler that you can kind of put anywhere. Yeah, I hate to say it this way, but it's sort of like what Sean Spears was back in his days as, uh, what was he? Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger in uh, WWE. He was a good hand. And, uh, you know, he was somebody that if you needed a good match, throw him out there and let him go. Uh, Hopefully, excuse me, hopefully he doesn't fall into that category, but... uh, you know, he is definitely good. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing is, like, when it comes down to these trios matches, I kind of prefer them a little bit over normal tag matches because you get such explosivity through them. Granted, I'm a big tag wrestling fan as well, but, like, anytime that you throw a trios match out there, a good six-man tag, I'm here for it because you're getting that, you're getting all of all of the best of everybody, if that makes sense, because you don't have to hide somebody's weaknesses by having somebody selling for too long. You don't have to 
prolong too much because somebody's selling on the outside or something like that. You're getting all of this quick action, which is kind of what I've always loved about Dragon Gate. I don't know if you've if you're very familiar with Dragon Gate at all or not, but they have like this one division where it's ten minute matches. I've seen clips here and there on YouTube, but again, as I was so labeled aptly Mr. WWE, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't happen outside of the performance center or now Daly's place, chances are I won't know too, too much about it unless it's also Ring of Honor. I am a big Ring of Honor, Mark. Yeah, and there's some big news coming out of Ring of Honor that we can talk about later as well for their anniversary show. But uh, my third, like, it was kind of a toss-up, and as much as I love the Christian, Christian Cage promo, which we are also getting him versus Frankie Kazarian next week on Dynamite, which I think is massive. That's going to be a great Sign me match. Up. Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw that they were teasing that, I'm like, yep, nope, here we are. That's great. Fantastic. But um, my third like was that main event. Darby Allen versus Johnny Hungy Baby. Oh, what a match. I loved it. Loved every second of it. And I will be honest, I was definitely paying very close attention to what was going on uh, with NXT at that point. It sort of crossed over two segments of NXT, so uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one. But yeah, Johnny Hungy definitely had a good showing tonight, as well as Darby. Yeah, both guys really putting in their efforts. And at the very beginning of the match, uh, I, I tweeted it out. You saw Darby Allen point to the sky and say, let's do him proud. As they were referencing Brody and John Silver. Because John Silver was very close to Brody Lee before his passing with him coming into AEW. All the skits on being the elite and everything like that. And Darby Allen was just ready to show what they've learned from him. What they've learned from Brody. And... I really thought that this match was a great homage to him. These guys went out there and beat the piss out of each other. They were they were not holding back. At one point, at the very beginning of the match, John Silver was sent into the ropes, and he did like a cannonball senton off of the ropes to a like freestanding Darby Allen, and he just shot himself out of the ring like Darby did after taking the senton. It was impressive. Uh, Darby was so good in these like daredevil spots or like these little stuntman roles if you will there was one point where he went for like that front flip stunner uh and john silver caught him perfectly into a rear naked choke or sleeper hold if you will and these guys just had excellent chemistry together darby allen goes over with a code red that was reversed out of the uh the brody bomb he got up and hit a code red out of that and pinning John Silver. They showed respect to each other and everything like that. And then it got into one of my dislikes. But the match itself was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, before we get into the dislikes, I had a couple likes that were a little bit different than you with the AEW match. And, you know, maybe I'm still riding high off last week's main event, but Britt Baker is an absolute star yes and this is not my pittsburgh bias showing because honest to god i love seeing her every chance i had when she was the iwc women's champion 
Uh, but she comes out and she gets the crowd going, calling out Thunder Rosa, saying she'll forever be part of the history because it was written with Brit's blood. Uh, she doesn't need praise or adoration of legend. She even calls out Mick Foley, saying that it took him 24 years. It took her one night. And then tell, talking about the 87 thumbtacks out of her back. And even calling out Tony Khan himself, saying, why are you looking for legends? I'm right here under your nose. I think that this was for a division that's been struggling like the women's division in AEW has been. This is just a reminder of what a bombshell was dropped on it last week. I think that this is a big, big moment for the women's division. And the fact that they're giving Britt the time to really keep this going, I think is an even better sign for every single woman in that locker room. Absolutely. This woman took the stick and ran with it. I am not always the biggest fan of her work. I will admit that. She doesn't always uh, she doesn't always do everything that I think that she should in the ring. I think she's very inexperienced still. But at the same time, I loved every second of this promo. She is very good at cutting a promo. And I've come around on her a lot this year. I was very critical of her in her first year in, in AEW, but ever since this Thunder Rosa program has started, I have become a massive fan of her. Well, and here's the thing with Britt Baker. When she was coming up on the indies, she was always the queen of the white bread baby face. She was always just as squeaky clean as you could get them. And she never played a heel. And every time that she came into IWC, she was not a heel. She was a fan favorite baby face role model to every little girl in the audience. To see her turn that on its head and be the heel that she is. My God, I love seeing it. I love seeing how much there is to Britt Baker. And I think at this point, the sky is the absolute limit for Britt Baker. Yeah, I think it is too. I think she should be the head of this women's division at this point, to be fair. Because as much as I love Hikaru Shida, I don't think that she is the most uh, viable champion, in my opinion. It's a very... Uh, she's ran through pretty much everybody. And it seems like we're going to be getting uh, Allie or the Bunny teaming up with her. Or uh, facing off with her now. And I'm not sure I like that. I'm not the biggest fan of Allie. I don't think that she's that great of a worker. I think she's good on the outside, but in the ring, I, I, she's hit or miss for me. So we'll see how that happens. But I would love to see a Hikaru Shida versus Ty Conti match, to be honest. Absolutely. I think they were sort of teasing into that, talking about where she ranked in the uh, rankings for the women's division. And my other one that varied from you, and I don't know how you'll feel about this, Everybody that knows me knows I am a Rhodes family mark to the biggest, deepest, darkest degree, and I'll never deny it. So tonight's QT Marshall promo calling out to Cody, laying down the challenge, basically saying, I'm not your shadow. I am here. I am good. Let me be. Let me go do my thing. It was great, and then to end it with Cody saying, I'm not going to hurt you, that he's not going to fall through with moves, I think we're going to see QT Marshall just 
unleashed next week, and I hope that we get to see a lot out of him. And honestly, I'd like to see a full-fledged Cody Rhodes program, a long-standing feud with these two. Maybe get Dustin involved somehow, uh, you know, with him going up against QT as well. I just think this is a very cool way to tease it in because it brought some of the realism. Everybody saw QT Marshall as Cody's backup man. He was always the uh, bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, and you know what? I, I really do. I, I like where it's going, but I think we got to get a couple destinations in first. Um, sure. I'm, 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 a, I'm a big words mark as well. I love Dustin. I love Cody. Two of my favorite power slams in the business, to be fair. Uh, I, I, I love them uh, as a whole, and I love the Nightmare Family concept. But the only thing that worries me is... I've never been impressed with QT Marshall. I think that he is good. I don't think that he's a standout. Whereas Brandon Cutler, I want to see him more uh, on Dynamite. I want to see less of QT Marshall on Dynamite and more on Dark. I, I, I just, I don't know. To me, he's somebody that is good, but not not to that next level, if you get what I mean. Sure. And just to do a comparison with Brandon Cutler, the way I look at it is Brandon Cutler is the vehicle that you get loaded with all the options. It has all the bells and whistles that you want. QT Marshall is the car to get you from point A to point B. But with time and patience, you can upgrade that car and you can really make it a tricked out thing. I think that QT Marshall just hasn't had the chance to show who he really is. He's come out stripped down. He's basically a wrestler's wrestler, and that's his thing. Let's see a little bit of character from this guy. Let's see a little bit more depth to him. And, you know, maybe you'll be surprised. Maybe the world will be surprised by QT Marshall, and that's certainly what I'm hoping happens here. Oh, and, I, and I'm willing to be. I know AEW has yet to really steer me wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I trust them. I, I They have a lot more trusted me than WWE does right now. So, I mean, <laughs> if anybody's going to do something like this with somebody that, you know, isn't as well-known, isn't as pushed or anything like that, it would be AEW, and I would trust them to do it. Also, um, can I just say that I was slightly let down that we didn't get, like, Andrade? Like... I love. <laughs> I know we're gonna get into that in, in the news portion, but like I was, I was kind of like waiting. I'm like, when's Andrade gonna come out? Like, come on! But um, that wasn't one of my dislikes. But that's going into my dislikes. <laughs> yeah, and Andrade, he is. Uh, he's basically the like a hurricane right now. You're just wondering exactly where he's gonna make landfall. You know it's gonna happen. You know he's gonna make a difference. But you just gotta figure out whether he's gonna hit which coast of Florida, if he's going to hit in the Carolinas, where is this hurricane going to land known as Andrade Yeah, or La Sombra now? La Sombra, the shadow. Uh, but into my dislikes, I only have two. I, I wasn't able to get three with AEW tonight. I was very much a big fan of this episode. The one thing, it was a dislike from last week, and it's going to continue to be a dislike until it stops. Uh, this Matt Hardy brand bullshit. I hate it i hate i hate i hate it matt hardy is so talented and being stuck in this private party butcher and blade weird ass grouping where he's big money matt I, it bores me to tears and the fact that now he's going to be 
probably challenging for the TNT title is concerning. Like, I really yeah. hope that they don't put the title on him. I agree. I just think that it's very short-sighted. And uh, I I don't want to see it become a thing also where it works in towards Hangman again. Because Hangman, they put it really high. He's ranked number two in the division right now. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to see an old feud that he settled at Revolution come back and just bite Hangman. That anxious millennial cowboy... He deserves his <laughs> shot. Let's give it to him. Yeah, I honestly, I want to see Darby Allen make a couple more defenses of this and then Hangman win the title. I, I want to see Hangman be TNT champion until we can have like full crowds again because he should not be used to win the world title until we have a full crowd to react to him being the first one to kick out of the one-winged angel. Absolutely, and that is going to be the pop to end all pops. Sorry about that. If you heard a little jingle jangle, my dog Vito here is just loving the fact that I'm staying up late tonight to talk about things. Yeah, So uh, the puppy cuddles are always the best cuddles, and sometimes even if you're up late and they make their presence known, you still need them. Yeah, he is a little Boston Terrier fart factory that last week when I was stuttering and stammering for you, through a few things full disclosure my dog was gassing me out of my room <laughs> but uh on to other things that gassed us out of the room uh i honestly and i don't know how you'll feel about this because i know you like take conti but i thought that that match was an absolute low Agreed. they both look gassed out at one point Nyla Rose, I just don't like how she plays the camera. Like when she had Tay Conti down instead of going for the pin, she crawled over to stick her tongue out at the camera and make a face. It just, it's, it's not believable. It just doesn't grab me and it won't grab me until you get them both performing at a higher level. I agree. I've been a Nyla Rose um, apologist for a long time. I'm not apologist. I feel like that's a bad word. I've been a Nyla Rose supporter. I I really think that she's done good, but this match just wasn't it. I'm a big fan of Ty Conti, and I feel like these two just don't have in-ring chemistry with each other because the last time they faced off, same thing. It was just a low. And and, and I don't think it's to either person's credit. I think that there's a, a difference in style that doesn't mesh well together. I think that these two are are very two very talented women that just don't click with each other, and that's okay. Shawn Michaels doesn't click with everybody. Kurt Henning didn't click with everyone. It's okay to exactly. have that happen. It's just I think that these two, okay, they settled the rivalry. Now they're going into this tag match with a couple more bodies. Maybe it'll look better next week. But yeah, I agree. This one uh, missed the mark for me. This was my second uh, dislike. I, I didn't like it. And I, I keep going back to promos. I'm a big, big promo person because I love a good story. I want to see it push forward. And promos are usually the best way to do it. But Jade Cargill did not hit the mark for me tonight with her promo. It just seemed a little too unpolished, a little too just off the mark. And, uh, you know, I just want to see my promos a little bit more polished up, a little more shined up. I've talked about how much I think Jade Cargill has. She has all the tools. She just needs to get this promo right, and then she will be a very, very solid package, in my opinion. 
I, I, I agree 100%. Um, I didn't actually hear Jade Cargill's promo tonight. I think I was watching something on NXT, to be honest, when I saw you that. You didn't miss on. much. And I was just like, okay, well, I, I, I'm more focused on the NXT thing than I was on Jade Cargill. And, uh, and that's saying something because, full disclosure... I wasn't the biggest fan of NXT tonight. I, I have I have a couple things that I didn't like about it, and uh, that's going to kind of lead it over to you there, Brad, unless you have another dislike for AEW. No, no. Overall, AEW is a solid show, and AEW has continued and hopefully will continue to be a solid show. Yeah, so, I, uh, I wish that more people from Raw and SmackDown would give AEW a chance. Um I feel like they'd be a little bit more satisfied, especially on the raw end, um, where you have a couple intriguing storylines and then nothing else. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like AEW, they have been firing on full cylinders. Same with NXT. They've both been firing on full cylinders lately. And I wish that they had a little bit more recognition than what's being allotted to them. And I feel like, um, this whole, this future NXT move potentially or whatever could help that, but we'll discuss that in the news. Absolutely. And the thing is, why can't we just all get along? I mean, I know I sound That's like a it. broken record. I've said it on other podcasts several times over wrestling is wrestling. Let's just all have fun with it. We don't need to pick a side. This isn't a civil war between wrestling fans. This is an era where we have so much talent. The way I look at it is we have so much talent that we need these extra shows. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't like, you know, a little of column A, just go with a little column B and a little column C. That's why when we do have these uh, talks that we have where we talk about the lows, you know, I don't always like to bring out the stuff that I think are negatives with either show because I think that, you know, we should all be happy with, you know, what we're getting, which is a really good, good period of wrestling that you know every, everything has a little bit of a, a trouble yeah i agree like the only reason i do that i i think that the dislikes do work though is because you you need that positivity but you also need to point out things that aew needs to work on if, if somebody from aew hears our show maybe they hear it and they're like oh well okay this is something that we can consider or nxt or something along those lines where Sometimes you have to hold things in check, no matter how much you love it. I love AEW. There's still things that need to be fixed. And Absolutely. As much as you love NXT and I love NXT, there's still things that need to be fixed, like, you know, keeping Vince McMahon's hand out of it. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and keeping Nia Jax off of our screen. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> so NXT tonight, it had these hot hot opening just like AEW did we had the opening match of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai taking on Zoe Stark and Io Shirai we'll just get right to the finish real quick we got a big boot from Gonzalez that was absolutely a brutal monster uh that got the tag or got the pin excuse me and then she ends up throwing Shirai onto the announcer's table with that one-arm powerbomb that every time I see it, I just find it to be such a devastating move. And we also learn that Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez, main eventing night one of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I stand and deliver on the idea that that is perfect. That is a great match to wrap up that first night. But, uh... You know, now that I've talked my ass off, why don't you go for it? 
I I loved this match. This was one of my likes as well. Um, I everybody knows if you listen to our first episode or our last podcast, you will know I am a big Zoe Stark fan. I love Zoe Stark. She is a fantastic wrestler, and she showed it more here tonight. It was crazy to see that Dakota Kai was the fourth, was the worst worker out of the four. And not saying that she was bad, but like saying that the other three were just head and shoulders up there. And then Dakota Kai, who was untalented in her own right, just, it seemed like she was almost a little out of place tonight. Boy, I I, I don't know. it, It was such a good match though. Everything was hit in its place, and it was all so crisp, so clean. Uh, Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez, main eventing night one, well-deserved. These two are having a freaking promo battle, I guess, next week, I would imagine anyway, where Mm -hmm. Shirai is going to tear her apart in Japanese. And Raquel Gonzalez, she is just over right now, over like Rover. Over like Rover from Delaware of Dover, we're getting everything from her, man. And, uh, you know, I think going back to Zoe Stark, that's really saying something that she's featured with the main event scene, essentially, for the women's division. Because if you really think about it, she was actually part of the last class that came into NXT. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people from that class we have not seen hide nor hair of, including... Parker Boudreaux, who, you know, everybody was saying is the next big Brock Lesnar, but Zoe Stark is coming in ready to go, just firing on all cylinders, and I cannot say enough good about her. She's winning me over, and I think that, you know, give it about a year or so, we're going to be talking about her at a takeover being in the top match. I don't even think it'll take a year, man. I think I think next six months. I think she could be the next title challenger, to be fair. Like she is, she is that good. I I love seeing her on the screen. I think that she is absolutely fantastic. Like I said, she went by Lacey Ryan on the Indies, and I think she was able to have um, some TV, like some TV experience too. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was um, here in the U.S. or over in England if she was on TV there, but I know she wrestled for I, I believe it was Shimmer, and she was just. Ugh, Zoe Stark is just a fantastic worker. Let's just let's just make say it what it is. She's a fantastic worker. She belongs here because even mm-hmm. though she was in that most recent class, she belongs in this division and, and and she is proving that. Absolutely. And speaking of fantastic workers, my next highlight, Jordan Devlin taking on Kushida tonight. This match, I I hate to keep sounding like Stefan from uh, Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, but this match had it all. It had some very good (laughs) high-flying. It was very fast-paced. There was a lot of hard-hitting, just straight-up stuff. And then, be still my story-loving heart. They moved story forward with a distraction that did not end the match. It it just had a lot of everything that I look for. So, uh... You know, we had some high flying, we had the hard hitting, and uh, creative distraction. Legato del Fantasma comes out to pull Jordan Devlin's attention. Uh, you know, and Devlin actually uses Kushida as a battering ram essentially to knock off uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde from the ring. Kushida loses his 
absolute mind on those two after the match. And, uh, yeah, then we get the face down between Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin. And just when you think this can't get any better, you hear Shawn Michaels' music hit. He comes out, doesn't say a damn word to anybody, just pulls out a ladder, shoves it in the ring, points at them, points at the ceiling. You know what's happening. We're getting a ladder match at TakeOver Stand and Deliver. And didn't we call it last week? I said I'm just saying this, this match needed that ladder match step and by god by god we got it because i yeah i am here for this this is going to steal the show um i'm a big kushida fan but as as you said with uh the darby allen and john silver match i was preoccupied with that while you were preoccupied with this but what i saw of this match it was good <laughs> yes absolutely um yeah, I, I will say that I'm, I'm really excited for this. I, the only thing that bothered me, and again, this is super nitpicky, is um, with this match, why did we have to have, because it was for the Cruiserweight Championship, correct? Correct. We all knew he wasn't losing that title. Why would you make this a Cruiserweight Championship match? Like, I, I guess that's my my nitpicky point of this. It's like, I couldn't get into it because I knew Kushida wasn't winning this match. Right, and that's a problem that WWE sometimes has. But let me, Brad, explain this to you right now. Here's the way I see it. Is I think that they just wanted that extra stakes. Kushida, every time he's been on TV, has been on an absolute tear. If there was anybody in that weight range that you would believe could take that title from Jordan Devlin, it would be Kushida because he is somebody that can work just as hard, just as fast and just as quickly. Well, fast and quickly are the same damn word, but whatever. <laughs> uh, they are he can work just as well. <laughs> yes, they are. They are cinnamon and M's. And, uh, but these two just work so well together. And, uh, you know, just like a synonym, you could actually see Kushida winning this. So that that was, to me, why I think they did it. It was just that little bit of extra drama. Uh, you know. And honestly, if Kushida would have taken the title and we would have gotten Jordan Devlin thrown in, made this a three-way ladder match, I would have been fine with it, but I'm even more fine with it being what it is of just Jordan Devlin, Santos Escobar, Three, or uh, for the title yeah, and I, on a ladder. And, and I can see that. Uh, I guess the only thing that I would have loved to see is like the reasoning behind it. Like William Regal's reasoning of like, okay, hey, you haven't defended this Cruiserweight Championship here in America. Let's make sure that you are worthy of unifying it. You're going to take on Kushida. If you win, you can then face Santos Escobar in the main event. Or Jordan Devlin says, I'm so confident that I'll, I am the true Cruiserweight Champion that I'll put it up in an open challenge against anybody here. and, and, and Because you still get the same result, but there then there's that, at least that story explanation as to why that title match is happening. I honestly think uh, that he did, might have actually hit on why he put it up earlier. Okay. Uh, Jordan Devlin did have a, a pretty good promo. I only caught parts of it because I was between NXT and AEW at that point. So if he did say that, sorry, Jordan, we missed it. But, hey, you still put on a banger of a match, dude. Yeah, I think he went on at the same time that the Pinnacle was cutting promos or Britt Baker, one of those two. Um, 
Absolutely. And uh, yeah, after this morning, I listened to Busted Open's interview with MJF and the heat that uh, Dave LaGreca and MJF have together is just amazing. If you want a really, really entertaining listen, go listen to MJF on Busted Open's podcast from yesterday. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, check that out. Yeah, it starts out with LaGreca going off on his producer for booking MJF. And then they just go and it's great and it is entertaining as hell and you need to listen to Do it. Do we know if it's true heat or if it's just like kayfabe? It's a little of both. So okay. I, I think it's one of those walk the line things and you know, I'm fine whether I know if it's true or not. It was entertaining as hell if you just put yourself in the space. Fair enough. So, and uh, this brings us to a thread that was running throughout the show very lightly this week. Whereas last week we put this in the low, the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly segments. This week, Adam Cole storming in on where Kyle O'Reilly trains and starting a fight there. Fantastic. Completely believable. People were tearing them apart. It was not some silly little thing like we saw last week. So, uh, you know, that shuts it down. Uh, you know, so Kyle comes in. Roddy tries to, you know, strike up this alliance with Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle shuts him down, tells him to go to hell. And that's basically the end of that. Next, we go to uh, the main event segment, which ran over tonight by about five or ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're finding out that we're getting an unsanctioned match at NXT Stand and Deliver. Night 2, I believe. Uh, Yeah, it is the co-main event of Night 2. And I was also holding up the twos because we went two for two with our predictions last week. Because didn't we say it'd be like a hold harmless agreement or the uh, unsanctioned match? Because I was making fun of Stephanie McMahon's fucking buzzwords. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of good promo work in this when they were sitting down on that stage yes, together. Yes, they Adam Cole saying that shots. Kyle O'Reilly was just somebody who was happy to be there and sitting on the sidelines. He was a lap dog, and the line that really, really stuck with me was from Kyle O'Reilly, where he yelled at Adam Cole, "I sold my soul for the undisputed era, and now I want it back." Yeah, these two. Um... Oh, kudos to these guys for saving this program because last week was such a downer that this week had to be executed right, and it was. I kind of feel bad for Roddy after this because he's kind of a uh, a lost puppy dog, as we saw Cameron Grimes trying to recruit him, and uh, instead of saying undisputed, you're going to go to the moon, and then Roddy just laid him out. But um, this Colin O'Reilly stuff, I am here for it. I hope... And they got so close at the end. They flipped the table. They were about to start firing off. And they were nose to nose. And and the guards are holding them back. They're they're trying to swing on each other. And they're so close. You could see the spit flying between them. And it, oh, I mean, COVID, so be careful. But, like, also, god damn, that was so good. Um, Hopefully they had the pink bracelets that meant they were checked. I hope so, because... (laughs) I, the last thing NXT wants is for these guys to have to do this on TV. They want to have this for TakeOver. And by God, are we going to get it. This match is going to be insane. 
Um, it's going to be nuts. We'll also tell you guys at the end of the podcast how we're going to be covering WrestleMania weekend or WrestleMania week, as we should say, because it's a lot. But <laughs> um, we do this for you. We do it for you. <laughs> damn it. Are you not sports entertained? Um, That's right. <laughs> I know my dog is in. He just ran to the kitchen just for a veto update. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he's just like, who is this dyed haired motherfucker screaming into this microphone? Oh, never uh, mind. He's back. Oh, there he is. <laughs> um, but no, th- this all of these segments tonight were freaking fantastic. Ky- Kyle O'Reilly is so good. He's so underrated. Like, God. I wish that they would have put the title would put the title on him, um, even if it's like a, just a token championship run, just something because he had it in Ring of Honor, and I hope that he gets it here in NXT because he is so good. Do we know the status of Bobby Fish? Like why Bobby Fish isn't in on this? He was injured last I knew. He had some kind of a major leg injury. Okay, so. Okay, so. He's been out because of that. Uh, I know he had some surgery a ways back. Uh, you know, I hate to say it since coming to NXT, I think they're seeing him as injury prone. Yeah. So uh, he's always. Yeah, and it, it's very unfortunate because I really like me some Bobby Fish. I do too. Um, I, I think Bobby Fish is another one of those guys. Them as Red Dragon are just so good. But I, I just wondered because, like,. You know, Bobby Fish not being on TV is one week where he's not injured, and that's a fact. Um, <laughs> but you hit you hit all of my likes, man. All all three of them. I loved that. I love that we're getting a cruiserweight ladder match. I feel like we haven't had one of them in a, in a hot minute. I think the last one that we had um, that's cruiserweight style was the uh, tag match at TLC between. Uh, Sin Cara and Kalisto versus the Usos, I think, was the last one that we really had. Yeah, it was a, it was a long time ago, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. And, uh, you know, something I'm also thinking for Kyle O'Reilly, if they don't put him up to the NXT title picture, I would actually like to see him in a North American title picture. Yeah. See him going up against a Johnny Gargano. Get rid of Johnny Gargano's goofiness and let him be Johnny wrestling again. I think that could be a hell of a match. I just think that that'd be a lot of fun. And uh, who knows who could be actually taking that title home after stand or stand and deliver. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. So for me, there were a few low points. But uh, was, what were you going to say before I cut you I, off? I was actually going to try to segue into those low points because... Uh, the North American title eliminator thing is one of my low points. Um, I think that this is overly, overly confusing because you're doing a battle royal, but the final six move on to night one, and then they have an eliminator match, gauntlet match, and then the winner of the gauntlet match moves on to night two to face Johnny Gargano. I think I have that right. Um, you do, yes. I think that this is too convoluted. Make it a fucking gauntlet match of the six best guys in the North American division. We don't need that eliminator thing. Have the gauntlet match on next week, and boom, you have your you have your match for uh, NXT Takeover. I feel like there's too many matches right now for Stand and Deliver. Um, that oh, it is two nights. Uh, yeah, I know, but I I also. You know that the network one, the the Peacock one, is going to run long. 
And then also the one the one for USA on Wednesday is going to be filled with commercial breaks and it's like come on. Right. Right. So uh also just to uh say you know I've always been down on Johnny Gargano's goofiness, but he kind of did hit on what you just said when he went into Regal's office tonight and basically said I don't even understand how this is going to work. There's this goes on and th- and he tried to figure it out. So yeah, when your champion can't even really grab it, you got to do a little bit of work simplifying it. Uh, I think it's going to be a nice way to fill some time uh, so they can actually have that control for the network one since that gauntlet eliminator match is on night one. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so... But that wasn't one of my low points. I'm I'm going to wait and see how it goes. It could be very entertaining. There's a lot of entertaining guys in there. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. As long as Cameron Grimes goes on to at least night one, I'll be pretty happy with life. <laughs> what, what are you going to do if he's the first one eliminated? <laughs> I'm probably going to tweet out angrily and just be one of those NXT marks. It's like, well, this should have happened. <laughs> God, wrestling Twitter is so fucking toxic. It really is, except for us mm-hmm. and at Warzone Pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not toxic. Yeah, uh, we're non-toxic, actually. We're like a what? Crayola crayon. <laughs> I was just going to say we're non-lead paint. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look like you've eaten paint chips a few times, but yeah, we're Dude, definitely non-lead paint. <laughs> I, uh, I realized the other day, for people at, uh, that are listening to this I can't and haven't seen what I look like recently, um, I have black, purple, and red hair, and it's kind of like sitting down and curly and stuff like that. It's not slicked back like it normally is or standing up. Um, so I actually put it on my Snapchat the other day. I was like, God, I look like a mumble rapper. whereas with me actually i think this is the first time you're catching me without a hat on but uh and so i actually put my head up so it's cut off on the screen so ha deal with that well see i was actually gonna ask if you got a haircut and then i was like wait i don't even know if you did because i never see him without his fucking hat (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i did get a haircut there you go so uh thanks for thanks for noticing fella hey you're welcome but uh (laughs) so that was our first low light of the night but our next low light that we're going to talk about was and this is extremely unfortunate la knight versus bronson reed was a very low light for me bronson reed i get it he's your big man he's your colossal bronson reed he's doing his thing but to have him go over on la knight in la knight's first quote-unquote big match I just think it was a mistake. I'm really worried that we're going to see LA Knight turn into basically another James Storm of NXT, where he comes in, does some stuff, doesn't really stick around, and just disappears with a whimper. Yeah, I, I was going to compare him more to the EC3 uh, on Raw. You know, I, I really think that this was unfortunate. You have something so good with LA Knight in promo ability. And I get it, Bronson Reed. That power slam that he hit on LA Knight in the middle of that match, oh my god, was that impressive. Like, Bronson Reed is an impressive dude. I don't think that they even had to touch yet. I feel like they shouldn't have locked up until... That could have been one of your takeover matches. Have Bronson Reed come back out and, uh, and, and distract LA Knight 
during one of his matches or something like that, or have him cut a promo challenging him to take over or, or something. And you could have done it then, but I feel like this right now, having him lose on TV in his second match in NXT, that's ridiculous. I feel like that's just the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, that's a complete missed mark. And honestly, I mean, if you want him just for the promos, that's unfortunate because he has so much more to offer. And, uh, you know, I just, I fear that we're not going to get to see what he has to offer. I agree. I agree. I feel like he's going to be used for promo ability similar to Robbie E doing that whole Robert Stone brand bullshit. Absolutely, and the problem is, you know, I hate to say it, but I think he has that TNA stink mm-hmm. on him because uh, if you notice, TNA guys rarely do great on WWE programming. Unless you're AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles, and I actually thought Samoa Joe was going to have that uh, pretty decent run until he started getting hurt. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, too, is when are we going to see Samoa Joe back, man? Like, he's been at the commentary desk for a year now. I hope we see him back. I really, really do. And honestly, I hate to say it this way, but I would love to see him come back in next year's Royal Rumble, uh, a la JBL doing it the one time from the commentary desk where he literally just got up, took off his tie, and got right into the ring and just started pounding on people. I would love it. I mean, I really would. Yeah, or even just have him come off commentary the night after WrestleMania. If you threw Samoa Joe into something, mm-hmm. I'd be completely down. But I digress. Uh, my next low point of the show, uh, and I only had two, but this low point sort of ends on a higher note, was Karrion uh, Cross squashing Oni Lorcan. You just have him as one of your tag ti- or tag team champions, and you know he gets a little bit of offense in, but not a whole hell of a lot. But where it really goes south for me is Karrion Cross cutting a promo afterwards, uh, where he's talking about. All you have, Balor, was malice and intention, and that I don't respect you, yada, yada, played out shit. But, uh, you know, luckily it brought out Finn Balor, and Finn Balor, to me, saved the segment. The line that really hit me, and you know it hits when you follow at Warzone Pod, and I quote it, you know it <laughs> stuck. I'm going to drag you into the cold, deep water, and with no emotion, I'm going to drown you. That's some pretty heavy shit from Finn Balor to say to Karrion Cross, and I really want to see him just drag Cross down for his first loss. I think Finn Balor has a lot that he can offer as a champion still, and uh, Karrion Cross is a little one-dimensional right now. Yeah, I feel like Karrion Cross is one of those characters that doesn't need the championship. I feel like he's his own being, similar to an Aleister Black in a way. Um, I, I, yes. I, I think that Karrion Cross is very one-dimensional. I didn't hear his side of the promo, but I did hear Finn Balor's side of the promo. Um, there was something else happening on AEW, and I was tuned in on that uh, over over Karrion Cross because, like we said last week, he just he doesn't he doesn't reel me in. And I hate that he beat Oni Lorcan. It seemed like it was a longer match than what you said. Um, I thought I thought it went like ten minutes or so, but maybe I was. It went about ten minutes, but the thing is, Oni only got about two minutes of okay. of offense in on that one, and that's the unfortunate part, in my opinion. I think Oni Lorcan is one of those guys. He's been there for a long time. He's 
I think he's proven himself time and time again because every time they saddle him with something, you know, he makes it work. He delivers. Absolutely. And actually, uh, I did tweet a comparison of their entrances tonight. Yeah. I compared Karrion Cross to going to see Kiss with the theatrics and everything big. But you got Oni Lorcan, who's like the local punk rock show, and you know what you're getting, and you're usually pretty happy at the end of it. Yeah, um, this this wasn't my low just because I wasn't as in tune to it. Um, my sure. my low, my third low, uh, because you hit the other one with this L.A. night, uh, the L.A. night loss. Um, my third low was the the women's tag team title segments that they had tonight. <sighs> What are they doing with Mercedes Martinez? Why do they have her signed? What's the point? And the point is exactly how I'm going to answer this. I don't know. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, uh, you know, the retribution thing didn't work out for her, which thankfully that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just don't think they know what to do with her. I mean, there's a rumor that there's an edict that they're not going to bring in anybody over 30 anymore into WWE's... uh, pc and nxt that they want to be literally the young brand and uh maybe she's falling victim to being one of those people that's on that end that's over 30 i don't know it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint man wwe she's so good and then she got saddled up with this dumbass robert stone brand bullshit where He's team. He has her teaming up with Aaliyah, and she's like a mercenary for hire, which I find as a good character. I because Loki did it to high success in MLW and TNA. I think that Mercedes Martinez has the personality to make it like a lone wolf assassin character. Um, but I, I just something about this didn't work. And then Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I, I guess they challenged for it. I, I guess I think I missed that. They hinted at it, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't completely clear. They said they want to do it on their terms, on their stage. Okay, so more uh, bullshit Y segments. Yeah, with Mercedes Martinez, I think that they need to find somebody like her. I I would love to see her actually more of like a, a female APA type of gimmick happening. I think that'd be great. You just let her sort of hang on the back take some money from people, beat the hell out of somebody, and then call it a night. Yeah, I, I would be cool with that, and especially if Retribution is over like it looks like it is after Fastlane this weekend, I would love to see her maybe team up with Mia Yim and go after those tag titles. Absolutely, give some credibility, and I think that uh, they could even allude to Retribution and make it work as being like, you know, we just came back from this bullshit, mm-hmm. let's do something for real. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that I just, would lend credibility that is very, very much needed, I think, in that women's tag team division. Yeah, that women's tag division has been so lackluster um, on the main roster. And, like, NXT, I feel like they could have a really good division. It's just a matter of will they put the time in for it. Absolutely. So uh, I believe that hits all of our highs, all of our lows and everything, but we did promise all of you good listeners who stuck with us this entire time some news, uh, news that you can use, and here we go. Is it actually happening, Damien? Are we going to be able to put full attention towards AEW on Wednesday 
and NXT on Tuesdays. The rumor is it's on the run sheets. It's happening. I hope so, man. I, listen, if we have to do a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night podcast, sign me up. I'm down for that. Because one, it'll be shorter for all of you people listening, which is always good for you guys because we know how busy you are. But two, that means that we can give our full undivided attention to both shows and both shows deserve that. Absolutely. And going back to my can't we all just get along theory is, you know, maybe if you get some of the AEW people watching NXT or some of the NXT people watching AEW, we'll all get along because we'll all realize this is some damn good stuff. These are the best two shows of the week Mm -hmm. on cable TV. Let's just enjoy them. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's I think it's ridiculous that we can't just ignore all of our biases and just enjoy wrestling for what wrestling is. And like it, it's it's such a tragedy. <laughs> it really is. Things that aren't a tragedy though. Andrade has officially been released. They announced it after the Fastlane pay-per-view on Sunday. Unlike most normal departures, there is not a 90-day no-compete clause, so Andrade could just show up wherever he wants. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about it is like he could show up in Impact, he could show up in MLW, he could show up in AAA, CMLL, uh, where else, New Japan, AEW. Um, he can literally show up at your local indie. <laughs> Absolutely, and... Actually, there was an article I was reading about with PCO saying that, you know, he could show up at Ring of Honor because he is super tight with Roosh and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get the Los Ingobernables back together and let's let's see him go. I honestly think that Andrade would be a very good fit in the Ring of Honor world. And, you know, with a major pay-per-view coming up, a 19th anniversary, hmm... It kind of makes you wonder because, like, I don't know if you had this in your news articles or not, but with the 19th anniversary, they did just reveal that Dragon Lee, Ryu Lee, is going to be out of the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show. Uh, I saw it reported by Post Wrestling earlier today that he had to undergo some minor surgery and he will be out of the uh, 19th anniversary show. So, I mean, does El Idolo step in and uh and take up the place of dragon lee and does one thea trinidad come with him i mean there's a whole lot of moving pieces that could really work in whose favor the fans favor yeah i was i was very curious to see especially when they were getting so tight on brick brit baker when she was cutting that promo tonight that I almost thought that Thea Trinidad was going to walk out. Yeah, Andrade. yeah. And that that would have been great. But uh, yeah, we'll have to pay attention and see what's going on with Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary. Uh, another thing that happened at Fastlane, The Fiend is back, but he's all melty. And the reason I bring this up is his new look designed by Colossum Studios here in good old Pittsburgh, which is part of Tom Savini's group. So uh, we've got more Tom Savini influence coming into the Fiend character, which I think is always great. Yeah, I, I listen, I wasn't the biggest fan of Fastlane. I'm not the biggest fan of the Fiend character anymore. 
Um, I'm kind of excited to see this Randy Orton storyline come to an end. But uh, I'm, I'm here for the ride. I mean, I'm here to see it end. And oh boy, oh boy, is it ending. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, with some more news, we had two new Hall of Famers announced today. Wednesday, mm-hmm. we had... The great Kali, who Damien thinks is the most deserving person in the world to go into the Hall of Fame. He's a mark, for yeah. sure, for the great Kali. To be fair, like I actually do think Kali does deserve it because he is the one that created that foothold in India for the WWE. And I mean, listen, the guy was around. He did his thing. He did massive business in India and overseas and stuff like that. I think it's I think it's a good call. I, I don't think it's for work rate. I think it's what he did for the for the WWE outside of the ring. Absolutely. And another person announced today, and this will get Damien's blood going. Kane, one of the most deserving people of all time to go into the Hall of Fame. Everybody that you talk to has nothing else to say about Kane other than good things. So happy to see mayor glenn jacobs heading in yeah did you see the video that they released um from the bump this morning i i saw the summary of it uh i had sort of a busy day today but uh you know the fact that you know the undertaker is the one who revealed it to him you don't get much bigger of a reveal than having the undertaker on his own birthday come in to reveal hey you're going to the hall of fame yeah and and that's the thing too is like Taker has to induct him, right? Like, nobody else can induct Kane. No, no. I mean, unless they're trying to keep as many people out of that area as they can because of That's COVID, true. I would see maybe Daniel Bryan being a good person to induct him. Ooh, that's a good pick, too. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. But, like, I, I listen... Kane is one of the best big men in the business. I said it on our um, on our brand new Warzone Wrestling Podcast uh, Facebook page that you will be able to find um, in the show notes. But I, I truly think that Kane is one of the best big men to ever work. Uh, I think he is the most deserving of this. And to if you're not going to have Taker go in, you might as well have Kane because Taker is going to be saved for an audience. Well, do you think that this is going to be your headliner as Kane? I think so. I think you needed a big name like that. Um, and and with Batista being uh, not being there doing to prior obligations and stuff, I feel like this is the time to pull the trigger on a Kane. Um, I, 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 you will never hear me talk bad about Kane. Love Kane. I thought that absolutely. He, I thought that he was the one of the most deserving people to make it in. And if you have a chance, go watch the video that WWE put out on the bump um, with Kane and Undertaker. Because let me tell you something. Seeing two big-ass men get choked up about something like that, it'll hit you in the feels. It'll, it'll give you some chills and stuff like that and some tears in your eyes. Because it, it was absolutely a beautiful moment. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And the other one so far announced for this year's class is Molly Holly and Easy E Eric Bischoff. Both very well deserved, in my opinion. So was the Bad Bunny one um, like a hoax? Was that a hoax thing that was going around? Uh, I hadn't heard that one, so I'd imagine so. Okay. It's really entertaining to see Eric Bischoff going in uh, after <laughs> so many appearances on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of an interesting bit of timing, and especially with his podcast thing going off, uh, talking basically about whooping WWE's ass. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, uh, um, I, I that is always a good listen every now and then. I don't tune in every week, but I do like listening to the the Conrad Thompson uh, family of podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. And for our final piece of news, uh, you know, we've all gotten used to this idea of transitioning to Peacock. I know personally I'm excited about it. It cuts my mm-hmm. WWE Network bill in half. And also now I don't have to use the Fire TV as much. But Peacock is cutting controversial segments from WWE pay-per-views. The first one to go was Rowdy Roddy Piper being painted half black during the or during WrestleMania 6. And then also, this one I can understand a lot more, Vince McMahon's use of the N-word in a promo with John Cena during Survivor Series 2005. Yeah, uh, listen, you know, I'm not going to stand up for the blackface thing for Roddy Piper. It was okay at the time. It's not okay now. Um, I don't even really think it was okay at the time either, but it was something done to get heat. Um, Yeah. And and, and Vince McMahon using the N-word, listen, uncalled for uh it shouldn't have happened but yeah i I just hope that they don't overstep the whole controversial thing and and eliminate something that's not super controversial if that makes sense um absolutely i i'm i will i will say flat out now that i think cancel culture is a little bit uh a little bit trigger happy for lack of a better term um i think that you know i I, I truly think that there are some things that we need to learn from and not just shut out completely. Um, but that's just my take and my take does not represent Brad's take. Uh, so that's if true. You, if you guys are mad at me, you can tweet me and uh, I will get into whatever argument you want or don't, I don't care. Um, but I will say that I don't speak for Brad and I don't speak for the war zone podcast. When I say that, that is, just yes, thank you opinion. for, Thank you for pointing that out because uh, in my professional job, I cannot really comment on this type of stuff. So I want to keep this straight and narrow down the middle. Yeah, no, uh, and, so. and I respect that. That's why I wanted to say that too because you uh, you being affiliated with my opinion is something that while you may share or you may not, doesn't matter. You have a professional job that you need to look out for and I don't speak for Brad, his company or whoever he works for because I certainly don't know. Um, the podcast or anything like that. That is my own personal opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, moving forward, it would just be interesting to see uh, what does go and what does not go. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of some of the really old timey stuff. Like I'm looking maybe mid south even that yeah. uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff that could potentially be affected by this. Uh, so it'll be interested. It's interesting to see with those deep, deep tape libraries that we have. Uh, there could yeah. be a lot getting moved around or at least cut back. Yeah, and I and, and when I when I say I hope that something doesn't get overly like overly edited or something like that, I mean like a Kamala match because Kamala could be taken one way or the other. And while yes, it's not the most uh, popular thing. I think to you're look freezing again, on, pal. It's still something that happened, and like he was an actual wrestler, so. I think that being able to learn from seeing Kamala and stuff like that and fans of Kamala should still be able to watch him. That's more where I was going with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Ugandan giant, uh, I 
yeah, that's one that I do worry about. I loved his old fuse with Hulk Hogan, his fuse with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that could be really taken out of uh, context there. Even looking back to the Attitude Era, Kayentai, and some of the different things they were doing. The Samoans. Uh, the Wild Samoans, Sam- Alpha and Sika. Yeah, so it, it will be interesting to see. I don't think it'll be a complete... Uh, wipe of a lot of these things, but we'll we'll just have to see as time goes on. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is I just don't want to see like whole eras of WWE get erased because of because of things taken out of context. If that makes sense, I'm not saying that absolutely. They were, I'm not saying that they were okay. I'm just saying that it happened and with with the acceptance of the people that were involved in them. If that makes sense. I almost think that uh, this should be something that we see handled, sort of how the WWE handled putting in Benoit stuff. Uh, they didn't cut Benoit from pay-per-views, but they did put a disclaimer yes. saying, hey, this this is in here. This is what's going on, man. Watch it and At take it for risk. what it is. And, and if that's what they do, cool. I am completely okay with that. That is one of those things where if they add, hey, this is a disclaimer. Peacock does not share the same views and WWE doesn't share the same views anymore as what happened in this event. Viewer discretion advised. Cool. Completely yep. fine with that. Absolutely. So with that, that wraps up our news segment. But we do have a little bit of news on our end. You can now find us several different places. Your oh podcatcher yes. of choice. We are now available. And stop me if I miss something. But on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Anchor, on Spotify, I feel like I'm calling out Santa's reindeer now. What? Google Podcasts. <laughs> Google Podcasts, yeah. What? Podca- uh, Pocket Cast. What? Podcast Addict. What? Like, you can find us pretty much everywhere now. <laughs> Absolutely. You can find us there. You can also find us at the Re- or Warzone Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. You can see what we look like. Look at that goofy mop on my uh, co-host's head. You can just, <laughs> you know, get involved. We want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. We want to interact. And who knows, maybe at some point we'll have some stickers, some fun stuff to give away if we get enough of you listening into us on a regular basis. I just want to say Damien's seen some things in the works, and, uh, you know, he's seen some things, man. He knows what's up. (laughs) Man, listen, it changed me. No, um, I'm (laughs) I'm truly excited to see where this is going to go. We have a lot of stuff planned out. Um, We are going to be doing um, WrestleMania coverage as well. I want to be able to note that here as well. Uh, yes. We will not be doing an episode that Wednesday. We will be doing a TakeOver exclusive episode after night two. So it will be up on Friday morning after TakeOver. And then we will be doing a bonus episode after, after WrestleMania night two. So that'll drop either Monday or Tuesday. We're not 100% sure. It depends on how long WrestleMania runs to be brutally honest and then we will drop shortly afterwards because it is going to be a whole hell of a lot of wrestling uh i'm i'm skipping the hall of fame altogether this year honestly just because there is so much going on and i want to spend time with my wife (laughs) well and the thing is too is like game changers also having their their weekend of wrestling on fight tv that i might be getting as well and i'm like ugh. 
I'm going to be so wrestled out by WrestleMania, the end of WrestleMania, I'm going to be like, okay, nope, no more podcasting. We're done. We are done. (laughs) Absolutely. And you can also find us on the Twitter machine at WarZonePod. And, uh, you know, if you really want to get down, really interact, you can find me on Twitter at Pedersen Reports. That is P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N Reports. Just look for the smug mug with the happy blue check mark right next to his name half this podcast is verified yeah the other half is working on getting verified if twitter would open up its fucking verification <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm sure that's a good way to make it happen <laughs> uh, <laughs> no that's a good way for me to never get verified um there you go <laughs> You can follow me at D Miller Games on Twitter as well if you want to get interactive. Again, find us on Facebook. All of it's going to be in a link tree in the show notes as well. So make sure you guys tune in for that. If you have Apple Podcasts, please give us a five star review. That drastically helps us move up the charts and helps us get exposure to other people. And, you know, potentially maybe we'll make money on this one thing one day. Absolutely. Um, I, I like money. And also, hey, leave us a, a review. We might even read it on the air if you put a good review there. So who yeah. knows? We could have all kinds of fun. We want to interact with you. We want your questions. We want everything. We want it all. We want it all, and we hope to get it all. And, you know, to get it all, we're going to give you guys a, a reprieve from our voices because, you know, we understand. We're, we're full of hot air. We talk too much sometimes. So with that mm-hmm. being said, that is Brad Pedersen. I am Damian Miller, and we will see you all next week.